Hi, everybody, and welcome back to MCK You Know. I'm Kira. And I'm Rian. Today, we are here with two of the coaches from the bowling team. So, what? I'm going to have you guys introduce yourselves a little bit. Um, I'm Brianna, the women's assistant bowling coach. And I am C-Mac, the men's grad assistant coach. Awesome. So, this week we have our home tournament going on. So, why don't you guys tell us a little bit about what that's going to look like. Okay, so we, the men are at St. Clair Bowl, which is our home house, and we are taking three teams, but we decided to throw a wrench in things. We split up all 22, 23 of our men. So we got some JV1 guys on varsity, we got some varsity guys on JV1 and JV2, um, and that's our way of um, making every team able to compete and, and strong. Um, and then we have some guys on varsity who are on track to make All-American, and they didn't get to bowl that much last weekend, so we decided to put them down on JV1 and JV2 to help them out, but to also get their games in to um, boost their strength to get on All-American academic or athletic. Yeah, and for us, it's just the same team um, as last weekend, adding one of our girls back in. And I think it's just nice to have a home field advantage. I don't know what CMAC thinks, but being able to have our athletes sleep in their own beds and, you know, not have to be on a bus and get up super early, you know, I think that's a big advantage that we have. And we get to practice in the center, which is super nice. Um, Bel Air Bowl is super helpful for us. And mm -hmm. they've been like that for a long time now, like four or five, maybe more, longer than that. So it's just nice to have that home field advantage. Yeah. Um, so to to an outsider, like, what does the tournament itself look like? Girl, <laughs> it's people everywhere. Yeah. Ain't no parking. It's big at big buses in the parking lot. Um, snacks and water everywhere. Parents, children, or children. Um, children. No, but it's a good time. It's loud. <laughs> Um, I don't know if we'll have bleachers. We probably will. Um, it's just like an arena in the bowling alley. Uh, it's just there's no music, not in this particular tournament, but it's just the energy is high, and there's so many personalities and lots of bowling balls in the way, and you know. You can go shopping with yeah. people's mm -hmm. stuff that they leave behind after the tournament. Okay. So that's fun. My favorite thing is the ladders. Like oh I, my gosh. it's I the am... periscopes. <laughs> periscopes and the ladders. Yeah. Like I had never seen that before mm -hmm. I started bowling collegiately and I baffled. Yeah. Yeah. The ladders are definitely huge. <laughs> definitely kind of in the way, but I mean, anything to see your kids. Yeah. So the new thing is the lawn chairs. Yeah. <laughs> we, we saw a lot see. of those last weekend. Did you? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they're real high up. They're, yeah. they're high up, like high up lawn chairs. Yeah. Yes. They're like falling chairs, but they're like they sit like at like hip level, like they're high. Like how do you tall get up there? Chair. That's like a step. Uh, yeah. What? <laughs> I need to see these now because I haven't seen I, these yet. I think I saw like four or five last weekend. Alex's parents had them. Oh yeah. <laughs> they was like, we gonna get us a seat. <laughs> see my baby. <laughs> so for the format of the tournament, like what will the players be bowling on, like game wise? Say so Baker traditional. So uh, for the men and the women, uh, because this is a tier one, we'll be bowling six traditional games. And for those that don't know what a traditional game is, it's one person bowls one full game or 12 frames unless they get subbed out. 
Um, so that'll be a five-person roster um, per team. And um, we move across the whole house. So the guys will move across 44 lanes. The girls will move across, I think, 32 um, because we have some breakdown pairs just in case uh, things go south and the teams need to move. Um, and then Sunday, I believe we bowl 16 bakers. Um, and those that don't know what baker matches are or baker games are, uh, you have a five-person roster, but each person bowls two frames uh, to make up the 10 frames or 12 shots. And then I believe there's match play. Mm-hmm. I think so. Yeah. Awesome. Okay, so I know that we talked to you a little bit about this on the last one, but um, I wanted you guys to tell us about, like, why you got into coaching. Um... For me, coaching just kind of fell in my lap. It wasn't necessarily like a route that I thought I was going to take. Um, I was getting my, well, I got my undergrad in um, educational studies here. And then I went back home and I was a teacher's assistant, but it was like during COVID and all this other stuff. So I wanted to find a way to go back to school and get my master's, but I just didn't know how to do it. And then jokingly, I was joking with one of my friends at Pikeville and they were like, just apply for the GA, like you'll never know. And I applied for it, and I got it, and I was like, oh, I'm a coach now. <laughs> okay, this is different. So um, just kind of started with that, and I was all, I was helping little kids back home, and we call it the peewee program. <laughs> so I was helping little kids on that, and um, I've always wanted to help, and I think this kind of just plays a role into, like, the teaching side of things because I don't want to teach anymore, but I'm still teaching in a different way. Um, and then – this past summer, you know, Pikeville just didn't work out for me, and um, I talked to Sean, and Sean was like, look, we'd love to have you. Like, I want you. Are we getting this together? Are we doing this? And I'm like, oh, we're doing this. Okay. So, you know, just kind of took the opportunities and, you know, just learning as I go. So. For me, I never thought that I would be coaching and bowling. Life coaching is something that I have found my niche in, and I knew I would probably go back to school um, I was pre-med in a past life, and I knew that I was going to be a doctor. I just didn't know what kind. So now I'm flipping the DR for a PhD. So um, looking at schools for my specific program, uh, sports psychology, or in this case, performance psych, um, it's a very niche thing. So the school that I found that had bowling had the program in Buffalo. But when I talked to the coach... The board of directors were voting to shut the school down that week. So I was like, well, that's the universe. <laughs> so like, I don't know, like two months later, um, I was unemployed looking for, you know, contract work or whatever at home. And I just said a little prayer. And one random day, I got a phone call from our AD, Anthony Francis. And he asked me if I was interested in coming back home to McKinley. And I was like, okay, sure. When you want me to start? He goes, can you start next week? I said, girl, who got money like that? <laughs> <laughs> Three weeks later, after some planning, um, I moved down back to Lebanon and became the men's grad assistant coach to help out Coach Dennis and our guys. And, and our girls, too. So uh, it's, it's been a fun experience. Every day is a new day to learn. Um, I have kind of stepped into my altruism to put myself aside and worry about my guys because they come first. The season is what's important. And, you know, just we're all about growth here, continued success. So 
And so I became a coach. Awesome. Um, so, Bray, we know you just competed for Team USA. Mm-hmm. Um, just, we wanted to talk a little bit about the games in Chile and what that kind of looked like and how it went. Um, it was an experience. <laughs> um, definitely something different than what I've ever been um, involved in or involved with. Um, this is the biggest stage that bowling will ever be on until we try and get into the Olympics again. So, um, we had like an athlete village and that's where we were housed. We had a dining hall that we would eat in every night, which was nice because we didn't have to spend money. And, (laughs) you know, that was nice. We got to save money. And, um, it I think it was awesome getting to watch the other sports compete at the highest level that they compete at besides the Olympics. So some of the sports, like if they won the Pan Am games, like if they won the gold, they got their bid into the Olympics. Oh, that's awesome. So watching that in person was so cool because, I mean, for volleyball, the United States didn't go. They already had their bid into the Olympics. So some of these teams, I think, I think volleyball was included in it. Um, But some of these teams like that, they're competing for that. So I think that was really cool. Just being able to watch them do what they're the best at and Mm -hmm. trying to win to get their bid in the Olympics. I just, it gives me chills. I think that's so cool. And um, one doubles gold with Jojo, Jordan Richard. Um, She's been a longtime friend of mine. So um, it's just kind of sentimental Got to win my first gold medal ever for Adult Team USA with Lauren Pate, who's the coach of Maryville. And then I get to win one on the biggest stage with Jordan Richard. It's a really good friend of mine. So, you know, it just, it was very sentimental. And no matter how singles went, I still got a bronze. And I don't know, it was just an experience in itself. It's kind of like you kind of have to be there to explain um, because you're with world-class athletes. And you're like, oh, like, (laughs) I'm in this little bubble and they're (laughs) all over and, um, just trying to realize that I belong there. I mean, the first couple of days was kind of hard because some people were like bowling. Like, I've never heard of bowling. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, that's cool. Um, so, but no, it was a good experience. I think, you know, different things, different um, lifestyles that they have over there. So trying to uh, get used to those lifestyles for the 10 days that we were there. Like literally our beds were touching. Like we had twin XL beds and mine and Jordan's, the foot of the beds were touching and we had one closet and, um, I had a tiny closet, literally probably this big, um, right next to my bed. So like our room was probably, it wasn't this big as this room. Like seriously, like if you go from this wall to here, that's probably as big as our room was. And we had a tiny bathroom. So one, Jordan and I in that room with all of our stuff. And then (laughs) we had roommates. But it was a fun experience overall. Like getting to compete for your country is always an honor. And being able to wear USA on your back is something indescribable. And I think that doing it on the biggest stage like that is, it just gives me chills. It's very sentimental for me. Well, we're really proud of you. Thank you. Thank you. So I see Mac. What have you got coming up in the bowling world? Um, well, I just drove up some bowling balls. Um, I haven't really been wanting to compete in anything because I haven't been able to devote the proper attention to it, uh, short of, you know, practicing before the guys come in. But um, I know there's a tournament I'm supposed to be bowling with my mom when I go back home to Buffalo. 
not too far from home. It's in Rochester, which is about 45 minutes away. Um, I'm going to be subbing quite a bit because I'm going to be giving some people some breaks because they've been bowling nonstop for the season. Um, I don't know. I, I like to plan for tournaments. It gives me uh, some time to periodize a training schedule for myself because my mind is focused on school and my guys. So if I find something that's worth competing in, then I can plan for it. Then, then that's what I'll do. Awesome. Don't let him fool you. He's bowling in the Masters. So <laughs> don't let him fool you. He's bowling in the Masters, which granted it's what? How, how far away is it? It's in Detroit, but that's like next year. No, I mean like how far is the tournament? Like how far away? Like months? 15. Oh, I thought you were bowling the upcoming one. Who got money for that? Oh, sorry. <laughs> That's my bad. Well, I thought I'm bowling somebody's masters, just not that masters this year. <laughs> I Next. thought he was bowling the one this year. My bad, but I mean the training can start now too. So oh, you know what? I forgot. I am bowling in something in March in Atlanta. <laughs> <laughs> yup, yup, Atlanta. Okay, so Atlanta. <laughs> That's my bad. Um, no. I will say I think kind of steering away a little bit is like the hardest part is being a coach and an athlete. Mm -hmm. I think that's been the hardest part. I think we can both say is, um, especially when I was about to compete, it's like trying to find time to practice for myself, but then make sure I'm putting you girls first. So I think like that was really, really hard for me because there were some days where Sean was like, all right, put shoes on, you're getting in with the girls. And I'm like, okay, um, all right. And trying to find time for myself because like when I do get home, I am so exhausted. Mm -hmm. I am going to the gym, I'm doing these things, so. Just trying to find the time to, you know, put time to both. Yeah. I think that's really hard. Yeah. Well, Brie, what do you have coming up in the bowling world? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I have a Thanksgiving team tournament next weekend. I leave on my birthday, which is Thanksgiving. It's exciting. I'll be in Florida. Um, I'm <laughs> The following week, I'm in Texas um, for a... Bowl for Life. Um, it's a Brunswick youth experience with Chuck Gardner or Chuck Gardner and the Bowl for Life family. And then uh, I'm bowling holiday doubles. After that, I have like a two week break, and then I'm at team trials. <laughs> and then I bowl another tournament. <laughs> so I'm go 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 all the time. But I mean, I'll get a break here eventually. <laughs> <laughs> but then the season starts with it. I know. Yeah. Look, okay, so I can get a break, but not bowl. And so, you know, being able to help you girls, you know, it's exhausting, yeah, but it's still a break for me. But then right back in March and April, I got to start bowling again because tour starts. So, yep. Busy, busy, busy. So, how did you guys start bowling as a child? My mom. I uh, met my dad, like, in high school. She used to walk through a bowling alley to get from school to home, um, and he taught her. And then, um, so I'm the baby. So my sister, we have a 13 year different. So they taught her how to bowl and taught me how to bowl. And um, my sister went a different route. She still bowls. Her husband bowls, too. But I took it seriously. And that was kind of, like, in the era of, like, YouTube, mm. you know? So, like... I was a visual learner with that, and then, you know, found some of my favorite 
pro bowlers from back in the day and um, kind of helped me develop my game and then coaching, of course. Um, and then I ran into, like, Brian O'Keefe, who's Breeze coaching Team SA. And he used to be our, our coach here. And the Dennis Knepper, <laughs> who is literally, like, the bowling whisperer. <laughs> so he just has a way of like explaining things that <clears throat> makes so much sense. Yeah, yeah. He just gets it in your brain. He we really were, does. We were just having this conversation the other day. He mm. has a way of doing it. We don't know how he does it, but it works. It does. And it's just like okay, well, like I, you don't even have to show me. I know what you're talking about, so I just have to do it. Yeah. So, yeah, he's awesome. Mm-hmm. And then um, you know, high school bowling, junior bowling, travel league, college bowling. And now I consider myself an amateur professional because I've been getting it in when I have time. Um, not as much as Bree should be bowling. Look. <laughs> I, gotta, I gotta make some money to bowl for this. These entry fees, child. Get a backer. You gotta sell a kidney to bowl. Get a backer. That's what I do. I need a like, backer. honestly, it, cause, because our tour is so expensive and. One, I didn't have a stable income until this year. And so, like, trying to be okay with spending 20K a year is hard. And, like, not everybody spends 20K a year. I changed my flights a lot last year to go home <laughs> early. So, <laughs> that's why it was so expensive. But, like, it's ridiculous. And so, I'm sorry. I can't afford that off of my salary. Not even salary that I had as a GA. So, like, trying to, like, it's hard. So I have a backer who is like, okay, well, basically I just want my money back. And then whenever we win, we split 50-50. And I'm A-okay with that because I'm like, you're paying for everything. Yeah. And you're just letting me compete and not have to worry about anything. So, look, I get it. I get it. If I didn't have a backer, I would not be bowling. I'll tell you <laughs> that right now. So. <clears throat> so outside of bowling, what is your guys' like? Thing to do sleep <laughs> <laughs> can't you tell we're best friends <laughs> um i think the past couple of weeks um c-mac has been cooking and I, he's like there's been some instances where he's been teaching me um some things and just showing me the ropes which it's hard to learn sometimes, <laughs> but <laughs> just like, uh, and we'll just have our little moment. Like last night, it'll maybe once a week, every week, but he'll cook and we'll just have a conversation and nine times out of 10, it's a fun conversation and we're laughing. And, um, so just that. And I mean, I've been to watch some shows here and there, so my life is kind of boring when I go <laughs> home. So. I started watching Gilded Age on Hulu. I watched the first season of that. It's good. It was good. Uh, Apple Mute or Apple TV has um, a couple good shows like uh, The Morning Show, um, and then time. Invasion, which is on season three, which I just finished. <laughs> I didn't like that one. Yeah, like, <laughs> it was slow, but like it, it like you know it built. You have to watch season one that like you couldn't just jump in. Um, I like. I watched Sons of Anarchy, which I don't know if you've heard of that show, but whoo, yeah, it's a doozy, and Peaky Blinders. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I've heard that one's really good. Oh, See, I went through like season one and two, and then I got bored. No, just keep going. <laughs> just keep going. Season three is like the best season out of the whole series. I'm telling you that right now. 
I'm on like season five right now, but I mean, season five got kind of slow, so I'm just like, oh. But yeah, I did watch a lot of shows and stuff too. Oh, you know, the strike is over, so Grey's Anatomy oh. is coming back. I know. Uh, yeah. Elementary. I'm so excited. All the good stuff. I'm a Grey's girl. I, I've yeah. seen it all. I was like, I want season six. Let's. <laughs> oh. You got a long way to go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I use it's like my binge one if I just want to binge a series yeah. for like two hours. Did you, watch, a years. did you watch yeah. the Station 19? No. Oh, I sure did. Station 19 is good. <laughs> I haven't watched it. Oh, I, I might start it. See, it's NCIS. I also love NCIS. Criminal Minds. No, I can't watch that at night. It scares me. I literally watched it to go to bed last night. to go to bed. That scares me. I'm sorry. I think somebody's going to climb through my window and kill me. I'm not doing that. Now that I'm a psych major, now when I watch Criminal Minds, I would be diagnosing people. Well, that was last year during social work. Like, social work, you have to diagnose people, Mm -hmm. and you have to learn about all these things. So I'm watching these TV shows like... Uh-uh. <laughs> I know what you got. Like, no. And then that could be anybody walking on the street. No, I'm not watching that. I'll watch it when it's light outside. But I am not watching it before I go to sleep. Uh, yeah, I literally put it on before I went to bed last night. No, I can't. I don't like anything scary. Like, scary movies, why am I going to watch a scary movie to purposely fully scare myself? I'm not. Like, I don't like it. I go to bed. I sleep with one eye open all night. Like, no. It's scary. <laughs> So, if you guys think you have a skill outside of bowling, what would it be? Like, I know. See my place, how many instruments and does how True. many things? I play 23 instruments. Okay, I didn't know it was that many. <clears throat> Damn. Um, but I'm retired. <laughs> no, for real, I don't have time. Like, yeah. being a student, being a coach, yeah. mentor. I, I'm a, um, I have mentors that I'm looking up to. I only play when they pay. So weddings, uh, graduations. I don't play at funerals. That ain't my thing. Unless, you know, they pay well. But that's another (laughs) situation. (laughs) But no, like music. uh, We need to get t-shirts that say, I only play if they pay. (laughs) Time is money. And I ain't got none, so. Pay up! (laughs) Oh, my turn. Um, I, like, I always come into practice with no makeup on. I look dead 95% of the time. And so, but I'm actually pretty good at makeup. Um, I've gotten a lot better at it. So that, especially when, like, I take my time, like, I, it's okay. Nine times out of ten, I'm rushing in the morning because I chose to sleep more instead of look nice. Um, and, fun fact, Brian O'Keefe used to get so mad at me for this. We'd be in the car and like a song would come on and I'd start singing it and I immediately know who it is. He's like, how do you know all oh, these me songs? Too. Me and too. he would get so mad. We would start a thing called car, like carpool karaoke yeah. and he would put, put it on scan and I would know almost every single song <laughs> that comes on. And he still does it with me. Oh, like he was, he was asking me in Chile. And I think that's kind of like my fun fact is like I literally know almost every single yeah. song that comes on the radio mm-hmm. or like just a playlist because yeah. I lo- just love me music. Me and my family are like that too. My mom would... <laughs> My mom and dad would quiz us all the time in the mm-hmm. car, like me and my sister, and like, who sings this? Who sings mm-hmm. this? And my sister would always guess Tom Petty for some reason. <laughs> that was her go-to, like, first answer. If she didn't know. Until it was Tom Petty, and then she would never guess Tom Petty. <laughs> See, oh I my think gosh. my playlist might be a bit out of your reach on that one. Oh, Lord. She listens to weird stuff. <laughs> oh, okay. Both of us, so do I. 
Wait, what was what was I singing? Tell you yesterday. You told me to stop. No, you were singing that Peaches song. Oh, yeah. Peaches, 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 Peaches. Yeah, peaches. He was singing that in the office, and then I got it stuck in my head, and then he played it, and I was like, what are we doing? That's a bop. Yeah. I mean, it is pretty good. But he's never seen the movie. Does. I haven't seen the movie yet. Oh, either. come on. It is so good. Is it? Oh, it's so cute. And the Peaches part is hilarious. Mm-hmm. He's like singing on a piano and has this whole ballad. It's so funny. He was like, I'm going to get my woman. Or whatever she is, I don't know. Princess, I don't know. Princess. Princess Peach. King Money. (laughs) Okay, so what is your guys' biggest pet peeve when it comes to bowling tournaments or leagues? Laying courtesy. Nobody seems to know. You know, people say they want one lane courtesy, which, for those that don't know, is one to the left and one to the right. No, they want eight lane courtesy. If if I'm on three and four, seven and eight are going to be watching me. And I'm like, okay, we ain't trying to be here all night, okay? I'm trying to eat. Popeye's close at 10. Like, I'm trying to be it. Hurry up. <laughs> um... I have two because they both really annoy me equally. I'm sorry if I miss. Do not give me a high five on the way back. I cannot stand that. I, okay, first of all, I'm irritated at myself that I missed a spare or I split. And you coming back with your high, you're like this. No, I don't want a high five. I literally just split. I can't stand that. That's, oh, grinds my gears. Um, And then people who take a very long time on the approach. So with... (laughs) So we do two-lane courtesy, which is like if I'm on five and six, three and four goes, seven and eight goes, then I go. There will be times, <laughs> even in, not just on tour, but in other tournaments, where somebody's still up on the approach on seven and eight. Somebody on three and four has already went, and I am sitting and waiting, and my hand's sweaty, <laughs> and I'm getting annoyed because I'm still standing there, and I'm like, just go. It doesn't have to be a 20-minute approach. You can just go, honey. Like, I, <sighs> yeah. I got two more. Okay. <laughs> As a coach now, I find myself doing this, but I'm doing this uh, to talk through things just in case something in, like, their swing might have gone wrong or, like, you know, maybe, like, a mental block. So when when you miss a spare and I'll ask them, okay, what happened? Because anything could happen. You know, sometimes they might have tripped or pushed away or whatever. Um, but when I miss a spare... I don't want to talk about it. Or when I throw a bad shot, oh, yeah, you threw a bad shot. I now. I threw it. (laughs) That shot cost me $50. Um, Another pet peeve is when, like, I'm trying to focus. This is more in singles. In teams, it's it's not like that. But in singles, like at the Masters or whatever, um, and you're kind of sitting in your bubble trying to focus on the next shot or whatever, or just watching, like, transition on your lane. And spectators or people that aren't bowling that squad want to come down into the settee and talk to you. And it's like, hey, I got, I'm on the front eight. Shut up. But no, um, I don't like that. It's like, my thing is, if my back is turned, I don't want to talk. And then they're going to tap you on the shoulder. Yeah. <laughs> unless, yes. unless you are my ball rep, do not do that to me. Like, my ball rep, well, nine times out of ten, Jeff knows, 
okay? And Mike knows. They know me by now. Two years, they should. Um, but, like, if my back is turned and I'm not turned away from the lanes and facing the spectators, just don't talk to me. Because, like, nine times out of ten, I'm pissed. <laughs> like, I don't want to talk. So, yeah. Ooh, or when they tell you how good you bowling, like, you don't know. <laughs> or it's like the first time, or, or or they act like it's the first time you bowled good all season, and I'm like, wait a second, I made a show, like I've done these things. What are you talking about? I don't understand. The first time all season, okay, <laughs> I can't stand that. Or the worst thing people can say, you're throwing it so good now. Oh, it is. It's the now. It really is. It really is the and now. you're like, thanks. Okay. Snores. <laughs> So on tour, who do you guys kind of look up to the most or like have learned from the most? Um, I think I have, who I look up to the most, she's not on tour anymore, but it's Michelle Feldman. Um, I don't know if you two know who she is, but she, so talented, so talented. Mm -hmm. And I kind of like, I bowl like her. In a way, and I and I look like her, and that was the first time I could find somebody that I looked like, like body shape wise, physically, like it's the person only person I've really looked like, um, and so like I've always looked up to her. Um, the people that I've learned from the most, I think it's like it's a group of people. It's not just like one person, like Kelly Kulik, Lindsay Boomershine, um, Josie Barnes, Aaron McCarthy. Um, Maria Jose Rodriguez, like, they've kind of really helped me through it a lot, and I find myself, you know, having more conversations with them and talking with them, and, you know, I'm friends with everybody, so uh, I really think I've learned from them a lot, too, so. Some of the people on tour, <clears throat> both tours, um, that I've learned from, I would say some of, one of the more memorable moments would be uh, Coach Kelly Kulik. Um, that was when I bought team trials two years ago. I think that was her first year as, mm-hmm. as a, as a full-time coach. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I had a pretty decent showing my first outing. Um, I shot 299, the first 299 in the tournament. And, um, I completely self-destructed the last day. Um, it was just a lot of emotions and mental, you know, I had never bowled in a situation like that before. Um, and it happens, but she actually found me after the ceremony was over and I got to hug Bree and, and my best friend Trent for making the team. And she just asked me like, what happened the last day? And she gave me a lot of advice that I still think about when I pick up a bowling ball. Um, and I really haven't told anybody what she said. It was it's just kind of that special to me, but um, I think another person on tour that I've learned from would probably be AJ Johnson, only because we kind of bowl a little similar. Um, and, you know, I'm a bigger guy, stronger guy, and he's a stronger guy too. And a lot of times we don't realize our strength. And sometimes it, it hurts us. So just asking him for advice, just another big, strong guy, you know, that is very helpful too. So, what has been your most memorable moment in your bowling career? (laughs) (coughs) Oh, Lord. Um, I have 
two. Well, I don't know. It's kind of hard to choose. I have a top three. I'm making it a top three because for me, it's kind of hard to choose. Um, my third one was would be winning the NCAA and ITC National Championship here within a week. Um, we're the second team in history that's done that. So um, that was really special. Um, yeah, we won't be able to recreate that team, and, and that was something uh, incredible to do. Um, I think about it a lot. Uh, so, yeah, and it was just awesome. Can't even describe it. The second one would probably be getting doubles with Jordan at the Pan Am Games. Like, that's like the that's, – that's, not everybody gets to do that and win Pan Am medal and biggest stage we'll ever be on. Um, and then my first title, the way that I did it. Yeah. Ooh. It still gives me chills. It hasn't really sunk in still yet. I think it's going to be a while before it does um, because I'm like, yeah, I shot – 289, 300, 300, 279. Like, I just talk about it like it's like. Girl, you ate down. <laughs> I just talk about it like it's not a big deal. I'm like, yeah, like, I did that. And they're like, do you not understand what you did? I'm like, no. Because <laughs> it hasn't really sunk in yet. So, yeah, just the way that I. Um, it was more special because I had a really, really close family friend that was like a coach that um, it was his year. Um, what was it? It was it was either his birthday or the year of his passing. I can't I can't remember, which is terrible of me. But uh, the whole weekend, I just felt calm, and it was so weird because I had never ever felt like that before. And I'm not one who believes in a lot of stuff like that, but I was just like, you know, like I'm just here. I'm excited to compete, and I wasn't nervous mm-hmm. any time through that whole thing. I was not nervous. And I think that it's just the way that I composed myself and the way that I did it. And I had my grandparents watching, which my dad was really sick. And so having him there and, like, not knowing if this was the last time he'd get to see me bowl too. So it was just really special, I think, all around. And, you know, it, that one just sticks out in my brain a lot. So. Uh, for me, it would probably be um, high school bowling. I made states. Um, it was crazy. I... In sectionals, we only have six games, and I got a muscle cramp in my um, bowling hand. So I was literally doing, like, a two-step and just, like, tossing it to the head pin. And by God's grace, I was giving the girls the business. And um, I thought I missed it. So I'm on my way home, and my coach is like, where are you? I'm like, well, because I had a concert that night to play, of course. And he was like, come back, you made states. And I was like, on my way. So I had to throw my jersey and everything back on. We were in the newspaper. The news was there. Got interviewed. We ended up going to Long Island. Um, that's actually where I met Michelle Feldman for the first time. So that was, so it was pretty cool. Um, we bowled terrible. <laughs> but we did it with a smile. Well, at least I did. It was free. So um, I think my second favorite moment was just coming here to sign um, I got to sign in front of the whole school during a volleyball game, so it was nerve-wracking, but that built a lot of memories and friendships. So Awesome. Okay, so the last thing we kind of want to talk about is <laughs> C-Mac-isms. I'm going to tell you this. I love them so much. <laughs> they are some of my favorite things, and they always make me smile. So... What kind of started them? What's like 
like why? So, so first off, we gotta go with C Mac. So my full name is Christopher McMillan, but people misspell it. So I said, well, you can't mess up four letters. They have, but <laughs> it's a start. So C Mac, and then I was like, okay, well, you know, I like to drop little nuggets of knowledge here and there, and I actually haven't done one in like two weeks uh, because of like midterms and all that. Okay. Oh. <laughs> um, so I was like, well, you know, how can I empower and uplift people? Because I don't say a lot, but when I do, my words stick. So I said, you know what? C-Mac-isms. And I don't know why communism popped up in my head, but I was like, C-Mac-ism. Okay, that works. Because, you know, when you hear communism, people are like, Get oh out of here. So I'm like, oh, okay. No, I'm so dumb. No, for sure. Like, seriously. You know, communism bad. C-Mac-ism good. See? It kind of wraps. So I'm like, okay, just come C-Mac-isms. So, you know, I have a, a brand that I built around my name, or at least the acronym. Um, and, you know, here and there, I dropped little nuggets of life. Because uh, I, I didn't been through it. Like, I've had it all. I've had nothing. And I'm still here. I'm still smiling most of the time when I have my coffee. So, you know, why not share, you know, my healing journey with people? You know, they might be going through the same thing. You know, they might appreciate it. So, C-Mechisms. And I think I'll drop number 12 today. I can't wait. I'll be like refreshing my Facebook all day. <laughs> <laughs> Which one is your favorite? Um, <laughs> we did this last night. Oh, too. you did. I would probably say, I think, I think it was the first one. I might be mistaken. Where I did the hip thrust when I shot three hundred. Um, because it was C Mac ism. C Mac is him. This one we oh, that one? Yes, yes. Oh, is the that, drink the water? Is <laughs> that one number six? Because number six is my favorite. Number nine. Ugh. Number six? Number. I think, yeah, number six is mine. Oh, this one? The, it, yeah, don't let, don't let the crown <laughs> hit the floor. Yes. As favorite. there's uh, these in the background. Oh, the bowling ball boxes? Oh, the bowling ball boxes. Yes. <laughs> See, I love number 11. I love Which one is 11? Is it the one in the door? Yes. Yes, in your apartment? You can't buy confidence from the store, but you can wear it well. Yep. <laughs> C-Mechism. I'm so here for it. <laughs> They're my favorite. Yeah. And those of you who do not follow me on Instagram, you can please follow me. Go follow. Underscore C-M-A-C underscore underscore. If you have a hard time looking for me, look for this beautiful face of mine in a purple shirt. <laughs> People do need to watch that, man. Oh, that is so funny. They're too good. They're so, look, okay, I'm obviously very close with C-Mac, so I get this C-Mac all the time, <laughs> but they're great. I <laughs> yes, give me a follow-up, drop nuggets of life, and then you can like my bowling videos. Get us some shmoney. I strike a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you guys for tuning in this week. Uh, here are some things happening on campus. So on Friday at the Het Historical Theatre, Give Him Hell Harry, featuring Clifton Truman Daniel at 7.30. Um, men's Water Polo is playing at 9 a.m. Women's Hockey is playing at 2 p.m. And then Men's D1 Hockey is at 7.45. This is all happening at the Retroplex. Um, on Saturday, uh, Men and Women's Bowling, starting at 9. Uh, men at St. Clair and Women at Bel Air Bowl. Women's Rugby is happening on Saturday. Uh, men's D1 Hockey at 2.30pm at the Rexplex. And then the men's home opener is at 3pm.
For basketball. For basketball, yes. Sorry. <laughs> Sunday, men and women's bowling continues. Uh, men's soccer plays at 3 p.m. versus the five seed in the NCAA tournament. Um, women's soccer is also playing in the NCAA tournament. Um, they're not here, but if you can find them online, go ahead and watch. Uh, thank you all for listening. Tune in next time for another episode of MCK You Know.